So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favor you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with a $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. To get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. One of our missions at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio is to inspire you. Yep. Wrapping up a year and then preparing for a new one to start, we thought an episode sharing voiceover challenges and how we overcame them would really encourage and inspire you, hopefully, into the new year. Yeah, and this podcast isn't just us talking about ourselves and what we had to go through, but we wanted to give our instructors a chance to share some of their stories and challenges that they've faced in voiceover and what they did or how they got through them. But before we dive into their stories, Mike, what has been a challenge that you faced in your VO career and how have you gotten through it? So one of the big challenges for me is just going for a stretch without booking. And it ended up being, you know, two weeks to a month. And it happens every so often, every few years. And I hate that feeling. You know, we all do, because as VOpreneurs, we we never know where our next paycheck is going to come from. And side note, that's why you keep a savings account. <laughs> But over the years, as this has happened, I've learned to take that time and process it. So sit in that emotion of just, wow, I'm feeling really crappy right now because I'm not booking and will I ever book again? And then once you go through that, curl up in a ball and take a nap. That's what I like to do. And it helps me. (laughs) But after that, what I like to do is just go through all the different years of the things that I've booked because I've kept a list in a numbers spreadsheet. That's the Mac equivalent of Excel. And so I see, oh, wow, I've actually averaged X amount per year. So I can probably see that that's going to happen again this year. It's just I'm in a dry spell right now. So I then go over all the people that I've worked with and see who I haven't marketed to in a while. And could I reach out to them again and just say, hey, just wanted to reach out and say hi. Thanks for working on XYZ project with me. I hope we get to team up again at some point in the future. But until then, have a great day. It's It could be something as simple as that. Or I take the time and I go to my buddy over at Matchup, Jason and Rodney. They always hook me up with some great swag that I know my clients will like. And I go through and I just say, okay, what can I do to give to the people that I've worked with before and just add a benefit to their life that they might not be expecting? And it doesn't have to be anything big. And I've found that doing that gets me out of my head of just focusing on what's not happening. And then when I do get to audition, I'm not thinking about, oh, I need to book this. I'm thinking about giving my best to the audition that serves that company. That's me. What about you, Heidi? Well, one of the toughest aspects of voiceover for me has been the financial part. I mean, like keeping track of finances and all that stuff. I just, I hate it. It doesn't come natural to me. I always put it at the bottom of my to-do list, so then it usually doesn't get done. And I will never forget when I switched to QuickBooks years ago and I was like in full-on 
ugly crying tears in our accountant's office. I was just so confused and it felt so daunting and I felt like such a failure. But after that breakdown, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna take the pressure off myself for getting it all right and instead focus on getting just a little better every year. And just a year or so ago, I actually hired someone to do my books every month. I was at a point where I could pay someone to do that and it takes the weight off of me. So whether you feel overwhelmed by maybe home studio stuff or marketing or organization or gosh, just the persistence of it, remember that it is a marathon and not a sprint. So just focus on getting just a little better every single year or eventually or now pay someone else to do it. Ask some good wisdom right chair, Heidi. All right, now you know with all the cast of characters that we have as instructors, they've got some stories, so let's hear from them. Hi, I'm Trevor Johns, and I teach beginner voiceover intensive Thursday evenings from 7 to 9 at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio. I have been in the business, I know I skate around this a little bit, and I'm kind of dubious, but uh, full-time since 1996. And when I did start in this business, you went to the recording studio when you got a job. Um, you actually went to your agent's office to do the audition. And your agent sent off the audition to whoever was casting. And now look at us, we're global. So I started to realize when I was at sessions, maybe um, the talent that I was working with would start talking to the engineer about, um, you know, their home studio setup and ask about some, you know, type of equipment of a blah, blah, blah. And I was over there thinking, wow, um, they must like, um, like technical stuff, maybe like for a hobby or something. I thought, am I losing jobs because I don't have a home studio? So I talked to my agent and I said, am I losing jobs because I don't have a home studio? And the answer was, you might want to put one in. This was about 2015. So there I was, I got to put in a home studio. And the resources that I used were um, other friends that were in voiceover that um, perhaps already had a home studio that I could come over and look at. I didn't really know what a home studio looked like. What did I need? You know, like, where's the engineer gonna sit? Do I need a coffee maker in here? Lots of questions. I also tapped into engineer friends and I hired somebody to come over, um, look at my space and tell me, you know, do you think this space is gonna work? And what do I need to do here to make it work? So it wasn't overnight, but I got my space set up and I had the equipment that I needed to, to do my job. Just like you practice with different copy and you're gonna practice your reads, I practiced with the equipment that I just got to set up my home studio. And when I felt confident enough, um, I was fortunate enough to have a client that they were willing to use my home studio for a session. They hired me and I was like, hey, could we try it for my home studio? And they were like, sure. So um, that was something that was very helpful. This is an industry where you continually have to educate yourself. So um, I will continue to educate myself so that I can get better. The better you get, the easier your jobs go. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of little tricks here and uh, I might've been going around the long way. So the more I learn, um, the more efficient and easier this is gonna get. And I bet it's the same for you. Hi, this is Aaron Goodson and I teach the beginner voiceover intensive. And one of the things I've had to learn to overcome or maybe not overcome, but learn to embrace and push past is that fear of failure, um, self-doubt or imposter syndrome. 
and I think this is something that plagues all of us, right? That sense of like, okay, any day now somebody's gonna come in and realize like, I don't really know what I'm doing and maybe I shouldn't be here, right? And I think, you know, for me, I had to first, you know, be honest with myself and realize how much that was holding me back of just this sense of like this fear of failure or fear of letting somebody down or the embarrassment of like, I tried and failed, right? But if I never tried, if I never made the attempt, I would be more ashamed or more embarrassed, right? So, you know, that meant I had to build confidence, right? And build confidence by taking classes, equipping myself with knowledge, building my skill set and perfecting my craft so that I knew every time I got on that mic, I was bringing uh, a wealth of knowledge and skill set and the confidence that I knew what to do. After that, I had to make sure that I surrounded myself with people who would continue to encourage me and bring me positive energy so that I would not wallow in that, you know, fear or self-doubt, right? Um, and three, just knowing that one opportunity, one, you know, audition is not a life-changing event. It's not the end-all be-all, you know, just like, you know, one bus comes and there's another one after it, you know, one opportunity comes and there's going to be another one after it. But to not put all of that pressure on myself, but just to relax and feel the freedom to just be me and bring what I bring to the table, right? And be confident in that. And, you know, that's how I continue to, you know, push past this thing called fear or self-doubt. Hey guys, it's Brian Bremer, and I teach intro to voiceover and intro to animation at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio. Probably the biggest thing I learned in my career so far, because you're always learning, but the thing that's made the biggest difference for me in how I perform now is not to second guess my performance in a session when I've booked a gig. That was a real problem for me when I started out because I was new and I was very insecure and I, I needed a lot of affirmation from the client. Uh, you know, did I do good? Was that, was that good? Is that good enough? Did, did you get what you want? Not only can that be annoying, but it, it can also uh, put forth this kind of insecure vibe. I remember one campaign I had for Time Warner Cable. I had the campaign for eight years and I was always so afraid of losing it that I constantly followed up with a producer to make sure, you know, that they had everything and that, you know, was it okay? And I found ways to ask that that were thinly veiled uh, pleas for acceptance or, or confirmation that I had done good. And that got really annoying over eight years. <laughs> and the truth is with that campaign and the way I learned to stop doing this was I had the campaign for eight years. I lost it twice and was rehired twice. And it had nothing to do with my performance. You know, they changed the specs, they went a different direction, then they came back to me. I always did a good job. And the way I overcame that was just time and studying and constantly working on my craft and knowing that I was coming to the table with something good, that I was directable and knowing that if they wanted something else, they would tell me. <laughs> so now I just say, thank you so much. If you need anything else, let me know. Uh, really grateful that you hired me. Take care. So, uh, you know, we all have insecurities and we're all going to second guess ourselves and second guess our performances, but know your strength and know your confidence and know you're coming to the table with something good. And that ultimately decisions on who gets cast, uh, decisions on whether they keep you or not, uh, decisions on whether your performance is approved or not are out of your hands. The only thing that's in your control is knowing that you're doing the best you can do.
being prepared and doing the best job you can do. And then gratefully and graciously let it go. Hey guys, this is Jill Perry, and I teach the beginner intensive at AVS. So something that's been really challenging for me is to sound natural and real. Yeah, so I came out of uh, an era of listening and watching television and radio uh, where announcers were gods. Like, those announcer voices ruled the world, the airwaves, every ad that went into my brain. And so I just sounded mature as a teenager, and then naturally I got on stage in college and discovered that my voice was actually appreciated because I was kind of loud, I loved to sing, and it all kind of came together. And then I decided that mm, I really wasn't the best personality for being on set, waiting patiently to go on and have my moment on camera. But luckily, a friend of mine asked me if I would voice a commercial that played on television for a couple of years. No pay, of course. And even then, I wasn't supposed to sound casual. I was supposed to sound like an expert. And it seems like I naturally come from people that sound like they are experts at lots of different things. Like, oh, we can do this, absolutely. So when I had to come down off of my expertise ladder and instead just like sit on the floor in the circle with the other kids and have a conversation, well, you can tell now the only way that I can get into a conversational chat is to really try and talk to you. And imagine that I'm looking at you and you're listening to me and I can see your face and I can reach out and touch your hand or... We're sharing something like a meal or maybe some tea and and I'm reaching for my mug right here in my studio so that I can look at you and go, yeah, it's really easy for me to just talk to you because you're such a good listener. And that makes it really easy for me to sound like I'm a good listener because I am. So yeah, that's one of the things that I have to practice. I have to practice talking to specific people every day before I do certain auditions that ask for that really casual, very genuine connection, right? Because there are so many little nuances in conversation that are unplanned. And that's part of my tip for you. Think about some of the best conversations you've had, or you could even grab some of the best conversations in shows that you love to watch and hold on to those. Get these little clips and play them and study them and go, what is it that makes me believe this is not acting, this is real. And once you start identifying those pieces, those emotional moments that make you go, oh, I mean, how could you fake being that upset over this instance? I mean, nobody can fake being that upset. It has to be real, right? So then you can start using those tidbits and that can make you a more conversational actor in the booth and on camera. This is Kurt Bonham, and I teach the audiobook class at the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio. So I went through a challenging period in my audiobook career. Um, in my second year of doing audiobooks, and to set this up a little, in my very first year, I was working almost exclusively for a production house um, that hired me to be a part of their roster and sent me book after book after book, which was great except that they paid a really, really subpar wage. In the long run, I probably shouldn't have taken that job, but I was new, I didn't really know better, and that was okay. I got a lot of books for my portfolio in that first year, 
and I got a lot of practice. And I even got some really good titles, so overall it was a good experience. However, they sent me so many books so consistently that I had very little time at all to market myself to better paying publishers or authors or things like that. So I kind of got stuck working for this subpar wage. And um, what happened was this company actually went out of business at the beginning of my second year of, of doing uh, audiobooks. And it was really a blessing in disguise because it forced me to rethink the way I was conducting my business, basically. Um, I couldn't rely on that income anymore, even though it was subpar income. And it really forced me to get out there and market myself more, as well as raise my rates to something that was appropriate to what I was doing. I was really scared about it at first. I was really afraid I wasn't going to find work. And I did go through a brief period, a few months there, where I didn't have anything going on. And it was right leading up uh, going to the Audio Publishers Association convention. And I was super worried that I was going to go there and I wouldn't have any work going on and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that changed. Um, my attitude changed and I really started to push and market to authors I had worked with and put myself out there as well as at the audio publishers association convention apac for short i targeted a specific publisher that i knew a lot of people worked for and had a lot of work and i made it happen i met them at the convention and within a month i was doing my first book for them and they actually for the about the next year and a half kept me totally booked out. So I went from working at subpar rates constantly to working at union minimum contract rates constantly for the next year and a half. And I also expanded my clientele um, outside of that as well. So it was a, an interesting time and it made me realize sometimes your safety zone has to go away in order to sort of push you to do more, to do better, to really ex start to excel. So that is my story about uh, overcoming challenge in my audiobook career. Hey, I'm Chloe DeLandis, and I teach the virtual agent rep prep class at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio. I think the most challenging thing that I've had to overcome in my voiceover career and just career in general that includes music and on camera and theater and so many things um, is just resilience. I learned that no is no, but it's sometimes a yes later on uh, with the same client, which is really cool. Um, creating relationships that are sustainable and healthy uh, helps to continue to open doors when you think the doors are closing. Um, being kind and professional and respectful is a very good way to go. Um, yeah, and I think just having maybe not thick skin, but just the ability to bounce back is key. <laughs> oh, what led me to be able to do that? I think just over and over auditioning, you know, taking the time to 
some say fail or some say mess up. Making mistakes and learning from them and then just getting up and dusting myself off and feeling the feelings. Sometimes it's frustrating and I get angry or sad or scared uh, and I allow myself to feel what is actually going on and then I move on. So I think processing emotionally has really led to the many aha moments of, oh, I, I got this. Like, here I go again. And then as far as how to process emotionally, I mean, everybody handles that differently. So taking time to meditate, do yoga, cry, primal scream, go to therapy, uh, find a life coach, talk to a trusted friend or family member, journal. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on uh, containing what you can do to make yourself feel better. I have found some really amazing audiobooks, podcasts, other resources, workbooks that have helped me develop fortitude. And, and that's invaluable. Hi there, this is Julie Scher, and I'm the Kids Intro to VoiceOver instructor along with Casey Holloway. I also train both kids and adults one-on-one. So when I first started my voiceover career, I was so excited because I got an agent right away. I felt so on top of the world thinking, yes, this is it, I have made it. Well, not so much. (laughs) The reality of auditioning and the rejection was setting in fast. And I often questioned what was going wrong. Am I not good enough? What am I doing wrong? The thing is, I thought that by having an acting background, being a radio DJ and producing my own demo would be enough. But I soon realized that I needed proper training specifically for voiceover voice acting. Going into auditioning, I was often not prepared enough and extremely nervous. I had not learned how to properly breathe and how to really break down a script. So I went back into my research into good VO instructors and got into a class that truly helped me. So not only did the training help me to be more prepared and how to connect with the copy, it also helped build my confidence and I learned how to control my nerves. And one of the most important lessons was that voice acting was and is still a labor of love first and foremost. So you need to go into the audition and treat it like it's good practice. Give the best takes you can do and once you submit, just forget about it. You know, Booking is hard to do, but keeping at it and always enhancing your skills in other genres, no matter how much experience you have, is totally key. Good luck. Keep at it. You got this.